Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Tuesday, the 18th of January. A second blast has rocked Tonga as it's been confirmed at least one person was killed in the weekend's massive volcanic eruption and subsequent tsunami. Angela Glover was reported missing after the once-in-1,000-year explosion on Saturday. Now the British woman's family has confirmed Angela died after being swept away while trying to rescue dogs. Angela's brother Nick says they are devastated. She's beautiful. She was absolutely a ray of sunshine um, that um, she would walk into a room and just lighten the room up. Tongans living in Australia continue to face an anxious wait for news of loved ones as communication remains cut off. Australia and New Zealand have sent surveillance flights with initial reports suggesting significant damage along the western coast of Tonga's main island. While another eruption hit the area yesterday, experts are predicting more aftershocks. Back home now and some experts say New South Wales and Victoria may have reached the peak of new cases in the latest Omicron outbreak but are warning hospitalisations and deaths will continue to increase. While new infections in both states are starting to stabilise, New South Wales Chief Health Officer Dr Kerry Chant is predicting the next few weeks will be challenging. Given the broader community transmission of COVID, um, I would like to flag that the number of deaths are likely to be high over coming days, but the key message is those boosters will improve the protection. Hospitalisation numbers are expected to peak in Victoria in around three weeks. Meantime, controversy continues over rapid antigen tests with price gouging continuing as Australians struggle to try and find supplies. Federal police are now investigating some reports the at-home COVID tests are going for around $500 online. Pathology Technology CEO Dean Whiting has told Channel 10 supplies will continue to be an issue for a while. Large amounts, probably not until mid-February, possibly even March. I mean, the, the demand worldwide is, is huge for these tests. So I'm fearful that we've we potentially we've missed the party here and it's going to take some time to fill in large quantities. It comes as the first delivery of around 100 million free rapid antigen tests arrives in Sydney. As Omicron continues to spread rapidly across Australia, concerns are mounting whether the governments are prepared for any new COVID variants. Epidemiologist Professor Nancy Baxter warning despite being more than two years into the COVID pandemic, many governments still are not ready. I don't think that we are. And in fact, I think that many, many politicians are not learning any lessons from this. They're basically creating this spin that this was unavoidable and there's nothing they could have done to manage it better when that is not true. Tennis superstar Novak Djokovic has landed back in Serbia to a hero's welcome after being deported from Australia on Sunday night. Fans gathered at the airport waving flags and chanting, we love Novak. One local telling the BBC what Australia did was wrong. I myself am vaccinated, uh, double jab, but I think that no one should be forced to do something. He was uh, judged and sentenced for his freedom of choice of speech. 
Meantime, France has announced a new law which requires people to have a vaccination certificate to enter public spaces, including sporting events. The new move will require Djokovic to prove his vaccination status to compete in the upcoming French Open. Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground. To WA and Premier Mark McGowan is concerned there are more COVID cases in the community than what's officially known. It comes as the Australian Medical Association fears the state could be hit by an Omicron wave of up to 60,000 cases a day if further restrictions are not put in place. For more, our Perth reporter Emma Griffiths has the details. That's right, Tash. Concerns are certainly starting to mount here in the West as more high-risk COVID exposure sites are identified across Perth and the southwest. We're being told to get tested for COVID if unwell amid concerns there are unknown cases in the community. While there are calls for an immediate increase in COVID restrictions across WA, other fears we could record 60,000 cases a day within months. That's a push from the Australian Australian Medical Association and it's based on modelling from South Australia. AMA WA President Dr Mark Duncan-Smith says the Omicron variant is a big concern ahead of our reopening in February. If we don't increase restrictions now, we will be facing somewhere between 50 and 60,000 new Omicron cases per day at our peak that will occur sometime in March to April. To New South Wales and in a major blunder, the HSC results of thousands of students have been leaked early online before then being taken down. Our reporter Amy Goggins has the details from Sydney. Yeah, Tash, that's right. It has already been a tough few years for the class of 2021 and now another mix-up, a preliminary version of the Distinguished Achievers list that gives the names of those who scored a mark of 90% or above was mistakenly posted online by the New South Wales Education Standards Authority yesterday afternoon. The students' names, school and the subjects they had top scored in was listed. Nessa says it went up in error and has since been taken down, apologising for any inconvenience caused. The list is due to be formally published on Thursday. Now for the latest in business and finance, we're joined this morning by Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. Scott, good morning. Now we know Omicron is continuing to smash local businesses and the overall economy. And now we have access to new data from the owners of Kmart and Target confirming the true impact of this latest wave. Yeah, Tash, good morning. It's not a pretty story either, unfortunately. West Farmer's shareholders are fine because it's a big conglomerate, owns lots of different businesses, but it also owns Kmart and Target. And this is exactly what you'd expect, unfortunately, from the business. They said the last two weeks of trading conditions in the Christmas trading period were really soft. And then that softness has continued into early January. That absolutely aligns with both the Omicron outbreak in Australia and also particularly the removal of the mask and QR code mandate in New South Wales. It was just a, a tough time. We knew people weren't shopping. We heard about the cancellations of Christmas parties and all that kind of stuff. So uh, probably not massive news in terms of a big surprise, but massive news in terms of the impacts. And the bad news too is it's probably going to continue right through the retail sector over the next couple of weeks. We expect more and more retailers to announce these sorts of numbers. And of course, as I said, it's tough for West Farmers, but they've got some other businesses behind them. If you're a small or medium business in retail in particular, you are really doing it tough right now. Yes, Scott, certainly confirmation. So many people are doing it tough right now that if you don't have healthy people, you certainly don't have a healthy economy, do you? No, I think that's exactly right. You've absolutely nailed it on the head. 
And companies normally want their shares, Scott, to jump on the first day they've traded on the Australian Stock Exchange. But gosh, before pay, shareholders were left with a 44% loss. Yeah, when you list a company on the stock market, you kind of, they, they tell me this day one stag profit. And the idea is supposed to be that there's this private company that everybody loves. It's going to go on the market and all of a sudden everyone can buy shares. And that imbalance of demand and supply is supposed to push the price up, hopefully by a lot if you're a selling shareholder. This time around, it was exactly the reverse. Before pay, which is a, a pay advance business, basically a payday lender in a fintech uh, guys, uh, it, it listed yesterday. Unfortunately, between the time they'd set the price for this listing and trading actually starting, which was a couple of months, the, before, the buy now, pay later sector, I should say, has fallen. The tech stocks in general, both in the US and here, are on the nose. And unfortunately, before pay in the absolute wrong place at the absolute wrong time, and shareholders are nursing some pretty hefty wounds this morning. And Scott, this is saying it's safe as houses. That's certainly the situation with the <laughs> ever-booming property market across the country. And now there's new data showing that nine out of 10 sellers are selling for a profit, a 10-year high. Yeah, that's right. Some data out from CoreLogic for the September quarter. So it's now three months old. By the way, there's not much to suggest things have changed. But yeah, more than 92% of Australian homeowners who sold during the September quarter, so that's obviously the three months at the end of September, sold for a profit. Uh, so again, as you say, a decade high. Uh, also in Sydney, by the way, was 96.8%, so more than 19 out of 20 sellers. And the me median loss, so the midpoint of the losses, was only 37 grand. Now, on one hand, we say, okay, well, not surprising, right? We know how much property's been going up. We spoke a lot about that last year. I'm sure we'll continue to do it this year as well. So it was the, the big property story. It was the big finance story last year. But as you say, it is a decade high as well. So those numbers are just astounding. I would, wouldn't be surprised at all to see if there's more of that to come, uh, whether the property market softens will be one of the big stories of this year. But for now, at least, those who sold last year made a pretty penny. Harder to get into the market. Thanks so much, Scott. Thanks, Tash. <laughs> Time for sport now with Brett Thomas. Brett, good morning. How good is Ash Barty and her Aussie Open campaign is off to a great start? Yeah, absolutely. She was in a hurry last night, taking just 54 minutes to beat her Ukrainian opponent, Lucia Serenko. Six love, six one. Actually had a match point to make it a double bagel, love and love. Got it done uh, very nicely indeed. And this is a tricky opponent as well had faced her in the first round of the Aussie Open before and actually dropped the first set. So she gets through to the second round. She'll face an Italian qualifier next and then a potential fourth-round showdown with Naomi Osaka. Now, normally, that would be the sort of matchup you'd see in the final, but Osaka took some time off uh, last year and so her ranking had slipped. So potentially in the fourth round, we'll see the two-time Aussie Open champion Naomi Osaka up against the world number one in our Ash Barty. Cannot wait for that. And Brett, also in sport news this morning, things got a little heated at Margaret Court Arena as another Aussie got through the second round. Yeah, John Millman is a, uh, a crowd f a favourite playing on Margaret Court Arena last night, as you said, against Feliciano Lopez. Now, as an Aussie, you'd expect him to have the crowd on his side. They certainly were and perhaps got a little bit over the top. Some reports that there was a fight in the stands. Feliciano complaining to the umpire about how loud the crowd was on uh, his serve and in the end it helped uh, get John Millman across the line in four sets his serve was strong and so he is through to the second round Isla Tomjanovic and James Duckworth not so lucky they were knocked out uh, yesterday Alex Vukic though great story uh, upsetting Lloyd Harris the South African 30, uh, 30th seed so that was a big win uh, during the first day session yesterday as well
And Brett, two teams have locked in finals places in the BBL. Yeah, we'll start with the Strikers. They had a big win uh, over the Sixers last night, so that has locked in their final spot. Uh, now, that also uh, had an impact on the Perth Scorchers, who played later against the Brisbane Heat. It meant that the Scorchers now couldn't be moved out of top spot. The Sixers were the only team that could go above them. So they've been the strongest team in BBL history, and they now go into the finals in good form. They beat the Heat last night. Mitch Marsh coming back from test duties. He was in the squad, but of course didn't play. Blasted 59, so he was certainly in good touch last night. And the Scorchers getting it done over the heat, and they go through to the finals in top spot. Massive day in sport again. Thanks so much, Brett. Thanks, Tash. And a UK couple has just celebrated a very special wedding anniversary, 81 years of marriage, making them the longest married couple in Britain. 102-year-old Ron and 100-year-old Joyce were married in 1941, many at the time saying it wouldn't last. The couple shares two children, three grandchildren, six great-grandchildren and one great-great-grandchild. They say the secret to their wonderful relationship is to give and take, saying sometimes life is hard, but we work through it together. Great advice and congratulations, Ron and Joyce. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we'll see you bright and early tomorrow.